0: Where do you go when you can't fit in? What do you do when you're living in sin? Who's going to laugh when you're making a joke? Where do you turn when your chicken is choked? He's funny, she's funny, they're funny, he's funny, I'm funny, you're funny, we're funny that way. Hey, hey,
1: hey. Hi there and welcome to the We're Funny That Way podcast a podcast that brings you highlights and interviews from the world's original queer comedy festival, We're Funny That Way, still going strong after 20 years. I'm Maggie Casella. This week, we're talking to Toronto funny guy, performer, storyteller, and film festival red carpet boss, David Benjamin Tomlinson. David talks about growing up gay in a really small town, what it's like to run a red carpet at one of the world's biggest film festivals, running after Liza Minnelli, and ultimately, The Secret of the Red Carpet. So sit back and take off those pants if they're not already off. I mean, it's a podcast. You don't have to wear pants. I'm not wearing any.
0: You're from a small town.: I'm from a tiny town.: called Paul- <laughs> Paul Grave
1: Diving Digging
0: Palgrave, Ontario.: Yeah.
1: It's small, right?:
0: it's Small. It's gotten much bigger since I grew up there, but it's, it was in the day very small.:
1: When I mean, tell me how small because like when the town I grew up in, literally one blinking light and more livestock than people. Not oh. a joke.
0: Well, we had a general store and a gas station and a church, so my town may have been bigger. Did and just public school.
1: Yeah, did, we had a public school. Did you have a blinking light? No, oh. I'm jealous. Paul Grave was, growing up a young gay boy.
0: Mm-hmm. Easy? Yeah, it was a dream come true. <laughs> uh, it was tough. Yeah. It was tough. I went to high school in a town named Bolton. Which was very rough and tumble. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was like a rural high school. And I.
1: Bunch of towns together in one school?
0: Uh, yeah. And, but it was all like farming community yeah. a lot. Of, so it was like Kodiak, flannel, yeah. Kodiak boot wearing, flannel jacket wearing yeah. guys. And when, I mean, I, I was born in Toronto and right. moved to Palgrave when I was in grade four.
1: You didn't move there by yourself. No. You just be uh, like,
0: yeah. You're... That would have been amazing though, right? Eh? I was a smart kid, but right. not that smart. And when I, when I was in the city, I used to skip with the girls at recess because I, I loved skipping so much. And when I got to the country on my first recess, on my first day, the boys all went out to play Red Rover in the field, and I went to play with the girls, and they were oh, like, what no. the fuck are you doing? And Shit. I'm like, skipping. And then I out-skipped them all, and then they hated me even more for that because I was like, I'll show you how to double-dutch. So skipping rope. Skipping rope, yeah. Oh, I th- yeah. I thought we were skipping school. No, skipping rope. Like, just playing with the girls. And then this immediately separated me from the boys because they were like, who's the skipper?
1: No, it's really interesting that it's the, the mind fuck that goes on when you are trying to come out and the stuff that is put on you externally that makes you not be able to go there. So for right. me, I was raised a Catholic. And, you know, it was like wrong, wrong, wrong. And I could be anything, but I couldn't be gay. You know what I mean? I couldn't possibly be queer. And there's, it's almost like a wall, right? Yeah. And you, got, you had to get through that wall.
0: You have to get through that wall. And if you had, if, like in my early 20s, if you had given me a pill and said, this will make you straight, I would have taken it in a heartbeat. Because I didn't, I just didn't want to be this you other Mike thing. You Pence. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right? Somehow you got through it. You're here to tell the story. And now you have become actually the storyteller.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you.
1: Yeah. No, it's it's a good thing.
0: I like who I am now. It's I think it, I think there's this idea that we have to arrive at who we are really quickly. And gay identity is a part of that, but there's there's a bigger picture. There's oh, sure. there's way more work to do around ourselves and so like I feel like, yeah, when I hit 40, I started to be like, yeah, I I I got I I understand who I am now, and it's amazing.
1: So bring it back to the festival. Let's leave it at the festival.
0: Well, it like This was so like when I was coming up, this was such a beacon because the community, the queer community in Toronto that was comedy based at the time was very small. And you were bringing in people from all over, exposing people to different things and giving something a place to live. It was so huge in my own development and the opportunity Mm -hmm. to perform in shows over the years and and get visibility and, and participate and feel community. So, it's so Well, it's it's 20
1: years, right? I mean, that's the weird thing. Like, we did it for 15 and stopped for five, but, like, it's 20 years since the first festival. And that's kind of weird and cool and weird.
0: And wonderful.
1: Yeah. Please welcome to the stage the amazingly talented, my friend, David Benjamin Tomlinson.
0: I have worked for one of the biggest film festivals in the world for 16 years. And I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot about Hollywood, Basically, Hollywood is, is just like high school with more money and better special effects, right? Like, it's still the same level of bullshit. It's exactly the same. It just looks nicer. And the weird thing about doing this job is that I never wanted to be the bitch in the headset. Right? I never wanted to be this. It wasn't a goal when I was a little boy. It wasn't on my vision board when I was growing up. I mean, when I was young, we didn't even have the bitch in the headset as an archetype, right? It didn't even exist. The closest thing we had was the snooty maitre d at a fancy French restaurant judging everyone from behind his podium. Of course, historically speaking, it wasn't until Madonna's blonde ambition tour that the bitch in the headset began, right? We all remember where we were when that shit went down. And then the bitch in the headset was created, and it was iconic and immediate, and on the very first day of my very first festival, when they handed me my very first headset, David, here you go, thank you, and I put on my walkie, and I put on my headset, and it was like, Greta Garbo and Monroe, Dietrich and DiMaggio. It was right there, and it was that moment that I realized that the bitch in the headset burned brightly within. (laughs) I also had a life-learning moment the day that Liza Minnelli arrived. <laughs> so this was for the restoration of Liza with the Z. They took her 1979 movie and made it better and more colorful and sound. And so we were waiting for her, and they had arranged for a documentary film crew to follow her through the whole process: hotel, limo. Carpet backstage, it's unprecedented access. Nobody, nobody has this kind of access. So we're all waiting, the crowds are out front, everyone's super excited. And, uh, like, but no sign of Liza. And we're getting really close to the start of the film. Suddenly, the sedan pulls up, and a woman with a clipboard hops out, and a guy with a sound, a boom mic, and a cameraman. And she comes, the woman with the clipboard, the producer comes up to me, and she says, OK, Liza is a minute 30 away. When she gets here, I want you to open the door, look right to camera, and say, Liza's here! Liza's here! <laughs> And in this moment, I have to start asking myself some pretty big fucking life questions <laughs> about who I want to be. Because that is not how, you know, I do my job, right? How I do my job is I get the talent on the carpet. I say, good afternoon or good evening. as just a gesture of normalcy in an insane situation. And then I radio inside. I say, so-and-so is on the carpet. And the only time I have ever deviated from this model was when Emma Thompson arrived. When Emma Thompson arrived, I opened the door. I got her out. I said good evening. She nodded. I said Emma Thompson is on the carpet, and she heard me and she looked at me and she's like, "Ooh, someday I just wish someone would say the eagle has landed." <laughs> and I was just like, "All right, Emma Thompson, you're fucking on." So I was just like, "Hey, this is David with an all call. The eagle has landed." And then she hears this and she's fucking delighted. And meanwhile, the raid is like, uh, "Is David okay? Is anyone eyes on David? What's happening?" So that's the only time I have deviated from this. And so I have to decide, am I going to be the guy on the DVD who's like, Liza's here! Liza's here! (laughs) You know, is that the way I want to go? Because Andy Warhol said that we all get 15 minutes. And A, I want more than that. and, and, And B... Do I want to? Is that my 15 minutes opening the door for someone else? But it would be campy. It would be something I could build on. But I'm a business professional. I'm all of these existential thoughts, and then the white limo pulls up. I open the door. The camera zooms in. I get her onto the carpet. Good afternoon. My hand goes for my walkie. I don't know what I'm going to do. I look right at camera. Liza Minnelli is on the carpet. Over. The producer throws up her hands. Ah! And they race inside because here's the thing my 15 minutes are going to be about me opening the door for me. I am not your fucking monkey. Right? Liza Minnelli, do you remember when you were young and you go to a family party and there was always one crazy, drunken aunt that constantly needed to be managed that all the kids loved and all the adults were like, fuck, Joanne's here. Like, do you remember? That's Liza Minnelli. She is and she's being carefully managed the entire way Uh, and she's fabulous and she's wonderful and she's being carefully carefully managed and when they introduce the film she's with two producers who are like guiding her conversation and making sure that she stays on the rails and then the three of them exit they throw to the movie and they start to exit and the two guys clear the stage and Liza Minnelli turns back (laughs) unexpectedly with her mic. And the whole room is like, holy shit, anything can happen right now. And then so Eliza does her own intro to the movie. And she, so she starts to do this thing where she's like, all right, are you ready? It's not a great Liza impression. You just like, she's like, let's go back. Back to 1979. So she starts to do this weird dance off the stage and it's like her gestures are like she's hoping to open a time space portal that the whole theater will go through it's so weird it's like 19 let's go back and so finally she clears the stage and she just chucks her mic into the dark and throws (laughs) off her boa and then she just heads blows past me and like goes to the first door she can find and stops in front of it and then says I don't know where I'm going (laughs) So I I go up to her. I'm like, it's okay, I can take you to your seat. And she grabs my arm and she says, you stick with me, I move fast. People ask me why I do this job. I do it because I think it's an addiction. I do it because I work with a remarkable group of people who make my life better. And uh, I've learned a lot about life doing this job. I've learned a lot about maintaining calm in the face of chaos. I learned a lot about responsibility and accountability and a lot about power. But the most important thing I've learned is the secret of the red carpet. I mean, the red carpet has many secrets, but (laughs) I'm going to share with you the most important one. The biggest secret of the red carpet is this. It's just a piece of carpet. Right? It's just carpet. We make it special and we surround it with poles and sticks and rope. But it's just carpet. And if you give that carpet power to turn you into something, 30 seconds after you step on that carpet and you step off, you go back to being the thing that you were. Power is not about walking on the red carpet, it's not about cruelty or being demanding or seeing how you can jockey for position. It's about walking with certainty. And what the red carpet ultimately teaches is this. Life is your runway. So walk your own red carpet every day, whether you're in line at the coffee shop, or you're in the food store, or you're getting snapped by the paparazzi. Be somebody. Be somebody special. Because you know what? You are that
1: was the very talented storyteller david benjamin tomlinson recorded live at the we're funny that way festival in toronto there's no doubt one day he'll get to open that red carpet door for himself the we're funny that way podcast will be back next week with more performances from the we're funny that way festival the we're funny that way podcast is lovingly produced by katie Fort and maggie casella theme song sung by deborah barsha with lyrics by Kate Riggs and music by Deborah Barsha. I'm Maggie Casella.
0: We're funny that way. Hey, hey,
1: hey.